You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikhail Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right, we're back again, and I want to apologize. Apparently, we've had some audio issues the last couple episodes in terms of some people sounding louder than others, <laughs> Nicholas. Um, so we Sabotage. Just, yeah, saboteur. So yeah. We, basically, we've been using a new uh, way to record, which kind of has made it easier, but I think we've worked out the kinks this time. It seems like we so. have, so yeah. hopefully we will be sounding... Uh, pretty sexy to you today so yeah that's our that's our goal Ooh. anyway <laughs> a little deeper voice today <laughs> yeah bring in the berry white <laughs> new soundtrack new new song opening at the beginning we should think about that yeah, slow jams for sure boys to men something like that all right <laughs> i like it <laughs> nice very good so um what have you two been up to anything uh worth talking about anything exciting Michelle, what are you doing? Um, I've had a little bit of a unique week because I have um, been downtown a couple of times this week for separate projects, and and it's such a setback having get in the car and then mm-hmm. do the driving, and then catch up on emails by for the most part when I get back, and yeah. then I don't. Mm-hmm. There's no time to really do the work, so I'm feeling really behind right now. Is yeah. what I'm basically saying, and well, I need to work. That's always over the been my yeah. I mean, that's always been my main reason for not wanting to do in person meetings. It just it, ju- it just eats up your day so much. Yeah, or it does. Regu- or I doing know. them regularly, doing and them I typically do tough. like one a yeah. week, and yeah. I try to kind of spread them out. But this past week just wasn't working out that way. And you know, of course, picking up o- bringing and picking up Oakley is um, a part a part of the minimal time to actually hit the canvas, but I'm just, um, I really like the reason to shower, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's think, good to get, yeah. Yeah, it's good and it's healthy and it's, you read, you, you get a little bit of a, an interesting, perhaps better read than you otherwise would. I mean, video conferencing is just absolutely fantastic, but there is something about being tangibly there yeah. that makes a yeah. little bit of a, of a benefit of a difference. So, um, I try to, when I can, and I, I love to shake these people's hands. I mean, I think there's there's something to that. And you know exactly, like, kind of how they dress and how they speak with their hands with the next time you're on the phone with them. And I there's some comfort to that. It fills in the blanks a little bit with these yeah. people. And, and specifically, if you've gone a few years with people that you've never really met and you're working with them for years, I think to just have one or two of those moments where you get to know the person a little bit better, you know? But, yeah, it's you know, cool. I was going to say, going back to what you said last week, about having, you know, handing off a lot of your design work to yeah. other people. Yeah. You, you're you on the kind of the cusp of a, a good new transition where you can be that person that's out there doing it and things can be handled in the background, you know? Yes. And that's kind of, I think, yeah. my goal as well in a way to be a little off the boards. And uh, so You know what? That got me thinking it's, it's probably because <laughs> that's happening is the reason I'm thinking, oh, sure, I can take that on. Oh, I've got time then. I can good. take that on and I've overdone it. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But it's it's almost like you're 
practicing something new. And once you get it yeah. down and figure out how to balance that, these two things. Yeah. Once and, I figure out the balance, it'll be a little yeah, bit better. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting to be in that kind of transitional phase where the Good adjustment feels like it's just mm-hmm. not closing up. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I know. It'll you know? happen. I think it'll happen. You'll, you'll, yeah. you'll feel more comfortable out there. Yeah. Anyway. You know? um, and for those that are supporting my business, if I'm not readily available to them, it makes me anxious. Of course. Because I I need to be, you know, they're doing this for us. You know, we're working collaboratively, but at the end of the day, they are supporting my clientele. So if I cannot get right back to them, it makes me feel terrible and have anxiety. And, you know, I start to just... Yeah. Spin a little bit about and that. Me- but Meanwhile, you're just gallivanting downtown. I know. <laughs> martini, martini lunches. lunches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. We know her. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a solution to that. Well. I have a solution to that. We've been, we got a, a great connection with um, an illustrator we're using, but he's based in Europe. And what's cool is because of the time zone, um, a lot of times you wake up and everything's kind of waiting in the inbox of what yeah. they what they worked on. So it the timetable is kind of nice in that way too that I feel like I'm I'm there for them when they need it, but otherwise uh you're working around the clock in a way and it's yeah. it's it's really it's a it's an interesting thing to do because I think we're all um experiencing it maybe and trying to figure out how does how does this become a benefit for us down yeah. the road. Uh, yeah. I yeah, it's kind of fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, but but you know what? It's good. It's good to be, you know, undergoing adjustment and trying to figure figuring out how to best, you know, rectify the next time it comes around. I think it just I think it's healthy. It just makes you think in yeah. different angles ongoing because no two clients or projects will ever be the same. So it makes mm-hmm. you a little bit more adaptable in a controlling type of manner because yeah. you're in charge and you, you got to make it work. And you can't just be behind your computer all day. I mean, you no. need to be the face of the company. Yeah. You need to be a, yeah. a client relations person right. as well. And the more you do it, uh, by far, the better you'll get. And I think the more comfortable and less jitters you'll get if it's something big, you know, something that you're going after. So, Right, no um, doubt. It's all for good reasons for sure. Possible yeah. new episode topic. <laughs> yeah, that could be. That might be Add one. It. Add it to the doc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. How about you, Wes? What's going on? Uh, well, just kind of, I'm in a mood today. I'm in a mood, let me tell you. So, <laughs> so basically, um, I've been working hard on my SEO, and I'm, I'm getting, I'm making good gains. I'm making positive uh, traction to where I want to be. So I've been working with like the, the Moz tool, which kind of tells you one set of information. I've been basing it on that. Then I get this SEO guy. I'm asking for his help, and he's showing me what it really looks like with uh, a different tool called Ahrefs. And it looks like I just cannot make sense of the data. It makes no, oh. it, it makes no sense. So I'm like all day just trying to piece it together and figure out like, all right, my domain authority is higher here, but it's like way lower here. I don't understand what's going on. So basically, I'm just kind of wrapping my mind around all that. So you're done. It's talk- Friday. You're you're you're, you're- yeah. <laughs> I can hear I know. you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna have to have a talk with him on Monday or whatever on Skype and just see. Like I've just got so many questions for him. I bet. I just I need it to. I'm the kind of person I need things. I need to make sense of things in my own mind. And if I can't make mm-hmm. sense of it, I don't know what to do with it. And those are the first you things know? you want yeah, to just push off. Yeah, it's impossible to get started yeah. if you can't comprehend it from the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it's so bizarre. SEO is one of those things. Like I feel like I've got a good handle on it. Then a day like today, I'm like, Nope, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm, what I'm doing whatsoever. You're still learning, <laughs> man, but that's a good thing. Very You're good. learning. 
<laughs> yeah, learning all the time. So, but one thing I can take off my plate is invoicing, so I can worry more about this kind of crap. <laughs> Thank you, FreshBooks. <laughs> so that's where FreshBooks comes in. Exactly. <laughs> FreshBooks is our invoicing uh, god, pretty much. They are our hero yeah, oh, yeah. when it comes time to uh, just making it really easy to send out invoices to your clients. Because guess what? We don't want to worry about that. That's not something we mm-hmm. want to build into our day so mm-hmm. um fresh books is there for you um and they've got an all new fresh books rebuilt from the ground up they've redesigned the whole thing it's so designer friendly everything's in one place it makes it ridiculously easy just to see what you're owed and then it's easy to send the invoices out like for a new client it's easy to send recurring invoices one of my favorite things is the deposit feature yeah which allows you to you know, you've got a whole project, and I, I take a 50% deposit up front, like I think we all do. And so you, all you got to do is one invoice. You don't have to make a deposit invoice and then another invoice. You just do the whole thing, and then you click on uh, the little button that says 50% deposit. And it even figures out the half, the, the yeah. 50%. No math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's not even a button that says 50%. You can make it whatever. So yeah, whatever percent. Yeah, you can on, customize it. You do it. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so but and still. Then it just send, yeah, and it sends the invoice for that amount. And then at the end, you just send the whole invoice, which is great. Um, so it's, you know, you can, and you can like share files with clients with a new uh, projects feature, which is brand new on the site. Um, you know, share files, messages with contractors and employees. And uh, the other th- cool thing is the multi-currency invoicing. Yeah. I know some of us have overseas clients. Um, automated late payment reminders. We love that. Because not <laughs> everyone likes to pay on time, but we like to get paid on time. So what are you, you going to do in that situation? You let them be the bad cops so you can just keep designing. <laughs> and it looks so official. It's not, yeah. just, it's not that like, hey, guys, um, asking for an <laughs> update. Yeah, it's, I just it's wanted fresh to books know, laying down yeah. the law. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just wanted to know if you got the invoice. Well, guess what? You know they got it because you can see, like it tells you what's been viewed, what's not been viewed, um, which is great. So, um, yeah, and they, they've got awesome support too, as Mikkel will tell you. Uh, their board of customer service is very helpful, super friendly, zero attitude, and a real-life person usually answers in three rings or less. Except for when it's Mikkel and somehow they just pick it up before it ever rings. <laughs> so, but anyway, we've worked out a hell of a deal with FreshBooks. So to claim your 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and then enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design. And how did you hear about us section? All right. Nice. Cool. Cool. On with the show. This is going to be a fun one. It's kind of a creative episode. And that's all about mood boarding, which is something that I had not done prior to now. um, Prior to this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm in that boat too. You are you still not doing it, or are you just? Oh no! I, I, this has been uh, I'd say since since we started talking about uh, discovery and some other things in the last maybe six months. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. fairly new to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is definitely discovery oriented for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mood boarding. If I think a lot of you probably covered this in school. I think it it feels like a very like thing you would uh, they would definitely teach you in, yes. in design school. 
but I think a lot of people, maybe you maybe you are doing it still, maybe you've kind of let it slide. Here's why I'm a big believer in mood boarding now. Here's how it used to go for me. So when I would do a web design, what we would do is we would do the kind of a basic discovery before I was doing the big discovery that we've talked about. And then the first thing I would do, whatever show them, would be a, a complete mock-up of the homepage. Mm-hmm. Um, while this can be great, you run into a few problems. Yeah. Sometimes you've spent so much time on this mock-up, and it's completely not what the client had in mind. At all. So, right. That's the worst. So, it is the worst. And you've spent so much time on it, so... The better thing that I've been turned on to is to start with mood boards. So that's like, it's in my agreement. It's in the project scope that first we're going to present you with two mood boards, A and B. And then you basically just choose. I like this one or mm-hmm. I like that one. Or you can choose, you can, there's a little bit of room for mixing and matching from A and yeah. B. Yeah. You know, so um it it basically long story short it it allows you to kind of nail an overall visual direction before you've spent too much time on designing because mood boards are a lot quicker to put together than a whole comp and cheap in a way too it's like it's it's a mixture of found and resourced images that allow you to kind of convey that vibe without really doing a lot of work if you really think about it Uh, i mean yeah, I, I, I can't stress that strong enough that it's it's something that we should all have the time to put into this process. Right. Yeah. So so I guess let's talk about what's what's the difference between a comp and a mood board? Because um, a lot of I, I'm sure most of you probably have a good sense of that. But mm-hmm. um, I always have to explain to my clients that what I'm going to show you, it's not going to be a comp. It's not going to be this is what your homepage is going to look like. Yes. It's just. It's like a it's a collage of images, fonts, icons, uh, just navigational elements, color palettes, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So basically, it just kind of lays out the visual framework for. Um, it, it's a good way to gauge what they're gravi- what they're going to gravitate toward. More, yeah, yeah. For you know? and for like branding, I add basically personality and i always save style and vibe too um mm-hmm. mood is great and i get that and it i guess i was trying to be a little more creative in the way we would produce it but um personality is a big thing you you can show off what this personality is that you're thinking about the brand or the website or whatever you're designing in a way that's a a, a first step yeah yeah okay so i've i've actually never done mood boarding for um branding other than when i get my clients to kind of um pin a lot of their you know ideas for logos they like sure interest or something like that but then sure. that's more of them mood boarding than me so how, how mm-hmm. do you typically do it nick um branding how we've done it is i in the last one that we did that was really successful with the mood board i kind of gave them three suggested branding themes again remember how we were talking last week about don't call it logos anymore call it branding systems because it obviously broadens the scope i showed them three unique themes that i felt were all relevant to the the way we can go and as an example this one was for a brewery that we're working on and the three themes were like classic vintage so it was like i showed them plenty of images not just logos too i think Let's let's expand more here and show more things. So I showed mm-hmm. I showed content. I showed things that were 
uh, that represented classic vintage in other ways than just the uh, logo, but it was colors, textures, um, styles and fonts and things like that. The second one was like graphic modern. So it was much more minimal and a little more fun. And then the third one was like illustrative. So like hand lettering, uh, all done by hand rather than really slick and vector. Um, so it was a way of giving them a style and it gets the client focused more on design than on content just at that point. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it's, it's so much better because you have them in a space that, uh, as far as branding goes, I think it's the first step. You shouldn't even be thinking of a logo until you've established what is your style, what's your personality. And Nick, how do you work this? Do you throw it all into an InDesign doc or how do you Yeah, do we, we put together a PDF that gets sent to them and it's very loose. You don't yeah. want to be too polished. I think that's the other thing right. uh, we've noticed is you give them something that looks too polished, uh, they're going to, you know, so you almost make it pretty rough. Not, you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. but loose. A little let's messy. Call it, let's yeah. call it loose, yeah. Yeah, and um, I tell them the three three things up front. Here's here's a um, the three names, and then a page for each uh, vibe, and that's a collage of those found images uh, that really reinforce it. And it gives it, it gives you a chance to maybe even push something in there that you really you really want to add. You know, it's like it's like something you want to try and you feel is really going to work great for that brand. And um, and then on each page, I give them kind of the advantage of why. Why did I even pick this? Why why is this an advantage for you as a brand? So I I will say something like on this one, it it easily communicates. It looks authentic. It's easy to understand and it's very uncluttered. But then the second one, it might be this one's a little more raw and a little bit more, um, you know, feels uh, authentic to the time. And you, and you could really this is where you get to sell it. Uh, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times, and I'm sure you could do the same thing with almost any any project. Because, again, we want to be, you know, the, the people coming up with the, the initial concepts from scratch. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's yeah, how I, that's how I take it I think it's good to forewarn. In. This is going to be scrappy. It's just to get juices flowing. Oh, I have, I've yeah. had clients that will look at it and be like, oh, wait, so is this my logo? I'm like, dude, it no. doesn't even say yeah. your name. What do you, <laughs> you, you have to be. Yeah, I uh, think you have that's to be really. You have to define ahead of time. This is what the purpose of it is, and this is what you're gonna, this is what you're going to look at. It's oh, not yeah. going to be anything like the conceptual phase one. It's also right. it's it's also your first step in um in educating them a little bit and holding their hand through this. And if you set it off on this tone, you all your other steps will be I feel a lot smoother because uh, they they've looked at you and said, "Wow, they're, they're really thinking deep on this by mm -hmm. giving me some moods and styles at the very yeah. beginning." You agree? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, yeah, and it's it's so important to remember that they know that you have to communicate to them that this is rough because what mm -hmm. you don't want yeah. to with mood boards is to get locked into a style yeah. based on it. Um, you know, what you don't want is like to have, tell them like a, it's between this font and this font and it's mm -hmm. going to be one of those two because when you get down to actually designing the, the comp or whatever, you might have a better idea, but the, the, what I like to do with a mood board and like in terms of font or whatever is through two different styles, so you kind of get a sense of do they per, get do they gravitate more toward the sans serif, the really simple yeah, one, or the point. more ornate font? And then it doesn't have to be that exact serif font; it can just be something that kind of feels like it. Yes, because it's not super locked in yet. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's great. Yeah. So what and what I use is um, I think we talked about Envision app before on mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's basically a way of just really easily kind of curating stuff on their on their website and there is a free version which is what i use i haven't done the paid version yet but basically it allows you just to create a board and just you can um there's several different things you can do you can drag an image on mm-hmm. or you can define a color like you can just click the plus sign and put in the hex value for a color and then name it so you basically just and it kind of goes in like a masonry style oh nice okay you know so yeah. it's yeah and i i what I tend to do is I tend to not um, break things out into categories. Like I've seen some mood boards where they'll do like, here are the image styles, here are the fonts, here are the colors. I kind of just put everything up all together in a collage. Okay, gotcha, um, yeah. So it's all just kind of intermingling together. Because they'll get that if it's, if it's words, they'll get it's a font. <laughs> they'll get that this yeah, is a yeah. picture. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> They'll get that this is did a you, color. So, do you do you get a chance to um, do, if let's say if they're not local, do you do this over Skype with them? Do you do you go over the pages of the mood board too? Oh, even even better yeah. than that. So th- this is not like a sponsorship for Envision, but they they allow you to do a live. Share. Oh yes, okay, correct. Yeah, and you and you control the slides. You, they yes. can't jump ahead. Right. Yeah. So you can basically. <laughs> so they're, it's basically like um, Skype sharing your screen, but it's just done within the window. Sure. And you kind of go, but and and by the way, now that we're talking about this, I highly recommend never emailing this to your client to let them look at themselves. Exactly. You have to present it to them. Have to walk through it. You're yes. right. That's a good Especially point. Especially with something as esoteric as a mood board. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you, you kind of want to walk them through it a little bit and say, I had this idea and this, this is why I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking this rather if they're looking at it themselves, they may not make heads or tails out of it. Yeah. When I, I was lucky you know? when, with this first mood board to branding, um, that we did, this was presented, I believe right, right after new, right the first week of like January. And what was, what was, what I found the best benefit or what I walked away from thinking, wow, this really worked First, it was live, so they wanted to peek ahead, and I was like, "Don't!" <laughs> I was like, "Let me <laughs> let me guide you through this," and we did. And, yeah. and and what I realized was, if you just ask the client specifically, what do they want out of a design? And let's say it's just your questionnaire. Most clients is the clients will focus on a personal preference rather than the needs yeah. of the business. Yeah. And this is a way to get them completely off of personal preference. And in fact, if it's with a team. That's even sometimes better because, like, the head honcho wants to throw in preference, personal yeah. preference, and we all know that's not that's not the way to go. So, right. it, we, right. this is a way to steer them in knowing the right direction, but get them amped, and they're like, "Damn, I, I love this direction." That's the mm-hmm. that's the cornerstone of where we're gonna go. Yeah. So it's important to say then, whatever you're presenting, and if you're giving them options, every option you give them should be well thought out. Yes. And, and applicable to the project. And be careful you don't with want that, to, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do the thing where you're going to show something that you think they'll just personally like mm-hmm. because you think you'll get an easy sign-off. Um, yeah, when I, when I present A and B, they're both equally viable good. options. Yeah, yeah. You know, to the project, so. That's that good. Way, that, way they're, that way they can feel like their personal preferences weigh in to some degree. Yeah, they'll feel kind of happy that they got to choose. How, how different are your are, when you go to two? Let's say, and yeah. le, and they're both equally. They, let's say they 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 both che- do all the checkoff marks for what you need. 
How different are they? Like, are they, if I looked at them, would I think, whoa, like, great. Yes, two totally different options, or are they just slightly off? Well, okay, so that's a, that's a great question. Because um, I have a shit. problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, well, I, what happened. Go ahead. Yeah, so generally, when that happens, yeah, you can't get away with something just crazy out of left field, because then that breaks our rule of making it appropriate. Yes. So what I'm like, for an instance, right now, I'm working on a website for a client. And like the main thing, the main difference is really going to be the style of the product shots, because it's going to be a very visual site relying on a lot of photography. So in one corner, we've got really kind of organic looking product shots where it's like against wood and like maybe stone with like kind of natural elements laying around it. Cool. And then the other version, which is equally viable, but it's a little more um, fashion. So like it's okay. more like on a black background, like a warm black, but it's like yes. a black background. A little more yeah, museum that fashion. Right. That yeah. straight away is really distinct. Good. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So either will work. It's just a matter of what do you think feels more on brand or for you. to your brand. Yep. I, I think I've got this, the one yeah. that I've got the one that I'm hoping they choose. Good. You know, but. But you you have to give them a little bit of a yeah. Well, actually, you don't have to. But the problem is, I've you know in my thing, I in my agreement in the scope of work, it says we'll present two. So, um, mm-hmm. I you just have to make sure that in that case, yeah, you, you kind of have to make them as similar or as different as they have to be. Like that's mm-hmm. not a yeah. satisfying answer, but. I like I what you said, Mikel, where you said distinct, like as long yeah. as there's a distinct difference. And I, I think I fell into a problem where we showed two mood boards for a packaging solution for um, uh, a gardening company. They do garden products and things like that. And we sent it to them. They loved A. We did a comp, sent it to them, and they said, hmm, this looks like B. Oh. <laughs> and I think it was my fault. I, I, I maybe am not connecting too much to um, – where we're at with this is a fast track project, you know, when, uh, which I hate because it's like they need it yesterday and you're yeah. trying to, you're trying to put in all this process and all these great things hurry, hurry. and it backfired yeah. a little. So I think because, you know, it, it wasn't really important distinctive with enough. these to remember that our eye for detail is not ordinary yeah, because right. of the field that we're in, of course. So it's going to feel more distinct to us than it will be the, um, not only the audience members, but your point of contact with the client. That's so, true. Yeah. Um, if if you look at it the next day and there's not differentiation enough, mm-hmm. it's worth revisiting. Yeah. yeah, and and that's why it's important to kind of walk them through it so that you can maybe explain the difference, even because yeah. maybe it's a small difference. Yeah, you're know, right. Depending on how much you've kind of thought out. Mm-hmm. The, the overall but brand when they said when they stuff. responded with it looking like option b like as you mentioned nick yeah could you see where that feedback was coming from or to be honest with you i haven't you? i just oh i peeked at the email this morning and i went i don't even want to look right now <laughs> mm-hmm. i haven't even compared because oh, okay. i'm i'm assuming they're right and um i think yeah. my my issue was the the line looks were not that distinctive apart mm-hmm. um being that it's something that like i had a particular and maybe my problem was i gave them too many uh too many mood boards that they weren't distinct enough if i narrowed it down to yeah. two they would have been 
enough for me to be and clear on And it is so them. easy to get carried away with that. Well, I think that this is um, a great concept and it seems there, there's some subtle differences, but by and large, it seems pretty different from the first one. It's so easy for us to get carried away with that. You're right. You're right. Um, also, too, looking at other people. For sake of know? mood boarding, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. Yeah. Wait, what's not, what's not worth it? It's. I think it's okay. In my opinion, it's okay once you get to the actual concepting phase to throw in subtle differences down the line, but not at mood board phase. It's too early. It has to be. Um, it has to be further apart. The in ideas the, in need the to be further section. apart than they might be once you whittle it down during conceptual phase. Okay. Yeah, I just want to keep – I'm learning that the more distinct they are and keeping it to maybe two is probably going to be the best thing to do. Yeah, I like the number two for mood boarding. I, I think two, because two then it's, is good. It's like showing um, ten logos. You know, We're like, wait a yeah. minute. If we really yeah. are in tune with what you need, two to yeah. three is kind of a key. And to, to this point, too, I had a, a buddy of mine send me his mood board for a client he's working on. And he must have had like seven – and I thought four or five of them were exactly the same, just creatively worded differently. Oh, and I was yeah. like, dude, you've got to yeah. narrow this down. Get it to mm-hmm. like two or three. Mm-hmm. And we renamed a few of them. And all of a sudden, so I'm thinking too, maybe the best thing to do is share it with, just get other eyes on it if you can yeah. at that point. So you know you're giving them something different. Uh, yeah. I think that's just the key. True. And I, I, I got to tell you, I've never had any kind of pushback when I've told a client I'm going to give you two mood boards. I've never had anyone yeah. say that's it. Yeah, what? no, I haven't that's either. It? I haven't either. I yeah. think it's a safe number. Yeah. Yeah, because it's basically making making a choice between this and this. Right, right. And like I say, sometimes they'll like the images on A, but yeah. they'll like the font better with B. Yeah, yeah. Um, and unless there's I, yeah. a, a real reason why you've coupled those elements together, there is, there is a, quite a bit of room for uh, mix and matching with that kind of thing. So Yeah, I, I think it also lo- it lessens the fact with that. I know... If I was to just show six logos and not do the mm-hmm. mood boards and they all be pretty damn on track with what they wanted, that, there's that heavy chance that they might start doing the Frankenstein design, right? It's like, ooh, <laughs> take yeah. this and bits and pieces here and never. But if you do the mood board thing, I think you've set the track that if, if we're going with, let's say, option A and we're down the road, they're not, no one's going to say, can you bring in something from that option B two weeks ago? Because mm-hmm. you've, hand, you've, you've held their hand saying, this is the direction we're going to go. Yeah. That one wasn't correct for the moment. So I think in some cases it kind of limits that, which is yeah. a great – which, mm-hmm. let's be honest, we, we all want to be efficient, and that's going no, to help. I was going to mention that at the very start once Wes started um, speaking about mood boards initially. This is such a time and money saver and a yeah. win-win for all. For everybody, for both. You're right. Yeah. I want to say just for us, but they, they win too. They really do. Right. Yeah, and this has really helped from a virtual standpoint when you're not meeting face-to-face, how to truly begin Yes. with, yeah. this, type, with this type of visual communication. It is, it is um, I think it's godsend. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And it, it answers, I, I think, what a lot of people have asked us is this whole idea of like, how do I grow? How do I get better? How do I look, make a client look at me more as a partner rather than just a, yeah. a, a, a vendor? So mm-hmm. it, it puts you in control yeah. Yeah. and shows your worth a lot more. Plus, like you right. said, it adds to your scope. So it does. we want more in our um, pricing. 
add And this. one thing I've learned with this is to be just cautious of yeah. later, once you get decision-making underway from them, is that it's so easy to go back to, well, remember now, mm-hmm. at Moonbar Phase, you said this, this, and this. It can get kind of argumentative, I've found. Um, <laughs> yeah, or you, this is ammo for you, really. If you think about well, it, right, yeah. right. if it happens, you, you, <laughs> you, you step up to bat a little bit quicker, but yeah. however, um, and you know, of course this is dependent on personalities of everybody, but for some of the female, of course, females that I've, <laughs> um, worked with, it is just kind of set up a little bit of a, a boxing ring at times, like, no, I don't recall saying that. No, <laughs> really? Oh my God. And even even though I have like this quote unquote sign off of a particular mood board, it yeah. just kind of sets the table in some ways. And I I admit I get a little bit defensive. Sure. Um, so it's just something to be cautious of. Is that with, where you pull out your iPhone and like go, I recorded it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? One of these days. Oh my right? gosh. <laughs> well, fortunately, so the other thing that's really neat about Envision is that it can be somewhat interactive. You can make comments and it'll jot down time and date uh, that, yes. that yeah. decisions were underway. So it is really a friendly tool in that respect. Yeah. Envision is great. It's not, not only for mood boarding, but I also use it for um, for showing comps. Mock-up. Yep. Like that's, yeah. For yeah. mop, that's the other feature yeah. it has too. We'll talk yeah. about that someday. But, sure. Um, but yeah, it's, you can also... We've gone over it a little bit, but... yeah. Yeah, you can walk. You can um, present it to your clients that way as well, right? Which is great. Like, it's really yeah, cool. I'm just such a believer in never emailing anything to a client. Like you have to, you have to show them everything, and you have to kind of talk them through everything. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it just makes it so much more. Well, you, but you're, you're, just, yeah, just I think goes to show how visual we all are. Yeah, but but a yeah. website's so much more layered, I think, in a way. And I, I get where you're saying with that. Because uh, it, it it will it will make life a lot easier when you're show even when you're in the just the changes and revisions part to highlight things to them and communicate with them. I know with I'd say most of my projects when they get past that zone where they're maybe in the last twenty to thirty percent of the project, it's all email. It's it's literally all email mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. here take a look, sign off, let me know. Oh, We're sure. so in tune. But you're yeah. right at the beginning stages. Uh, well, when I'm talking when you're when you're actually presenting like yeah, the homepage yeah. design, yeah, when when you're making little changes, that's a different story. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm talking I, about like when you're presenting the broad strokes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. fantastic. You know what though? I have used this mood boarding phase for um, projects such as flyers, even for trade shows and stuff. I definitely mm-hmm. have, especially if, um, if the company has just recently undergone a brand refresh. And yeah. they don't really know the direction they want to take with print media or other media, that is. Um, I think it's essential. Unless you've had some deliverables already, you've, you've already completed some and you kind of know the general approach that, you know, you need to make headway with. Yeah. I think it can be really helpful in the circumstance that I just shared where perhaps they've just undergone some crazy new brand adjustments. I don't really know. The approach they should get, because it's interesting, like um, how people get so used to the general framework and layout schematics from a former brand. And so when you show them something new, they're like, well, oh, wait, this isn't consistent at all. Oh, shit, that's right. We are refreshed. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't look anything like what we'd had before. 
Right. So it's just kind of a gentle reminder. Well, we we have the privilege of kind of taking this to a totally different level now, which is kind of refreshing. Yeah, you should, and that's a great point. I think it could be used in anything. It it because we pro- we proved that it doesn't take a lot of time and it doesn't take a lot of money to really do yeah. these. Um, in, in injected into anything, even something as simple as an ad. But even more importantly, if it's something, if it's the first thing you're doing with a client, uh, a new client, drop it in because it shows yeah. what you're that you're doing it the right way, and you you take a lot of time and effort into this. But um, it you learn them, you learn how to, you're going to deal with them now. You're going to have great conversations over these mood boards, and I think those are beneficial in the long term mm-hmm. partnership with these people. Absolutely, you know and. And the other the great thing about mood boarding too is it, it allows you to kind of sit down for a few minutes or a few hours and just kind of be creative and without too yeah. much noise. You know, you get to just kind of look around yeah. and it's not the find end inspiration. Result. Right. Yeah. Because it's you're the- not really putting anything together other than you're you're piecing together kind of all your inspiration points. You can actually almost say you you'd know? look you'll look forward to it. Because <laughs> it's the yeah. it's a, the first step. And it it's gets you zen, actually. It gets you off and and running, but and also it is setting you off on the right on the right foot. So yeah, exactly. so much, you know. Yeah. That's a good one. I I even saw a great article of saying like limit your time with it. Give your make sure that you spend no more than maybe an hour per vibe or or per mood by putting mm-hmm. this together. It's like limit it a little bit just so you're not going crazy with your timing, but um, it'll force you to pick things very quickly. And almost first impressions are always the best, I always feel, with what, what yeah. you go after, you know, the research that you find. Yep, I agree. Cool. So I found an article on creativeblock.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called 24 Pro Tips for Creating Inspirational Mood Boards. So I figured, like, let's take a few minutes and just kind of go over some of these. Go for um, it. Just to kind of round out the conversation. So first one says, look beyond the digital world. So that's... You know, I think a lot of times we're talking about mood boards and I think we've mostly been talking about creating them online, but there are there's room also for kind of more tactile physical mood boards that you could present. Um so when you're doing that, feel free to go out and take inspiration from anything you see, take pictures. Yeah. Um which is the number 2 thing on here. Take pictures, put them on there. Anything from the real world works too. So that's something good to to remember. Even make it 50-50, you know, I think because I'll tell you one thing in like in my class when I've been putting pushing them to do the mood boards and they did these great ones for this recent project. But a lot of the same imagery came through on different students mood boards because they're going to the same resources time and time again. So get out. And I always say, like, take five minutes, walk around campus. Get you all have phones, take pictures of what you see. You know, you'll get Mm -hmm. original great stuff to put in your mood board exactly another one that i thought was cool too and it's pretty true it says build things up around a large image so oh yeah yeah so what i like to do on my mood boards um just online is because envision allows you to take different elements and scale them up or down based on importance so what i'd like to do is take one image um and just really scale it up nice and big and put the other things kind of around it because it you know how human beings are wired. We like some, we like a focal point. There's a hero. Yeah. Yes, we like a hero. So the the worst thing to do, I think, is to make everything the same size, like a grid. You want to have something. You want to show mm-hmm. a little bit of a hierarchy. 
you know um i do that on my mood boards too by making the main color that block you know pretty large and then making the secondary color blocks much smaller so you can see the what's intended yes you can see this is the main color these are the secondary colors so i think that's helpful yeah yeah um, definitely the other thing is show your mood board early so yeah i think we've been talking about this like <laughs> this is you you want to show it as the first thing you do you don't want to um you know you don't want to hold back on that it's like it's the, i equate it to like when i used to um design a whole website before because i think my early days was like i just want to design the whole thing so that it's all done and then they can give feedback <laughs> at that point because you want them to see the whole entirety of it but my god that was a bad idea so um i say don't even show the homepage concept until you do the mood board it's it's, it's shooting in the step. dark man it's all it is yeah. with, without the without this process yeah exactly um get involved in the pitch is the next mm-hmm. one um which is what we've been talking about you don't want to just email this to your client and say hey take a look you want to set up a time to go over it uh whether that's sharing it using envision share feature or um emailing them a pdf and just kind of going through it over the phone or in person explain everything yeah it makes such a difference um the other thing is I keep do, t- um, oh, sorry go ahead Mikkel. So, sorry to interrupt a little bit no. there i do um i absolutely understand the reason behind you know setting up the meeting to show right then and there live with them to get their initial um responses um i do both and I think there's a benefit to either. And it's when you kind of are have a comfortable relationship with the client, by the way, and they know how you work. Mm-hmm. But I oftentimes will send the link, the shared link of an Envision mock-up um, so that they can collect their thoughts before we get on together. Um, sometimes that can be really beneficial for me so okay. that they they sit with it, have a fresh eye, you know, leave it, have a fresh eye, look at it again, come up mm-hmm. with a little bit more of a, a different reaction perhaps, and then gives a chance to really be collective at that first, at that very first meeting to organize in summary, um, all, all of their, um, feedback in a constructive manner, because I know for me, I, I need time to process and oftentimes my client contacts do as well. Yeah. Well, I totally understand. We were talking about having them collect their thoughts, which is beneficial. I think the re so there's, I would say there's two reasons to do something in person. That is to explain yourself and to kind of get that real time um, feedback just to kind of that that super spontaneous feedback. Um, So, and there is some wisdom to having them collect their thoughts first, but I think the only drawback would be, yeah. and, And this would work, Mikkel, um, once, once you've kind of shown them a bunch of stuff and they kind of know what the direction is already and you feel like you have to explain things less and less as it goes on, but up front, like, I can't tell you how many times I've been in these, uh, presentation meetings with a client and there's so much that I need to tell them why we did certain things based on, because otherwise if I didn't tell them why we did it, they may come back with a change on it because they, they didn't understand why it was done. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. but I can totally see once you've, once you're kind of to a point where you've just, you're just making changes on stuff, 
Yeah, then you can just email it to them and. Yeah, no, that's totally different. I'm talking about that very first round of visual um, sharing of of a concept. I work it both ways, and And, I think it just depends on the number of factors. And where are you close by? Can you do it? You know, I, I I do agree that like the few I have to you have to know the client like. I've, I've had it backfired on me a few times where you've sent something mm-hmm. in advance and then you have the meeting and they already have a preconceived opinion. The whole team does because yeah. of maybe the dynamic of the places they, everyone agrees with the boss and trust. Yeah, if you, you ever know, that's in question, yeah, yeah. Um, it's Go, best, sit down. of course, not to. Yeah. Pull up a chair. We're sitting down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, the other thing is keep things loose, um, which is basically the idea of not making it too polished. Never give them the yeah. idea that this is the direction. It's just it's it's basically like a fancier version of just kind of spitballing on a whiteboard, you know. Mm-hmm. So it should the the whole vibe should just be, you know, this is our original ideas. Are you vibing on this? We can always change stuff. It's not like. You 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 approving this means this is the direction that we're going in. Yeah, yeah. that shouldn't be the idea. Um, the next thing is, it says watch the audience's faces, but I would also add and <laughs> listen because a lot of time, just basically doing this over you know the internet or phone, usually I like to listen for the hmms and the yeah. And they're like, yeah. oh, how it resonates. Yeah. And the silences. Right. The silence oh, can tell you a lot. There's good and bad <laughs> in those in the body language. Yeah, I've seen it all. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's so nice just to kind of get that. Read the feel, room. The, the first impression, that first feeling of like, are they oh, yeah. liking this or not? Yeah. And most people are not good enough actors to... Um, to really fool you, yeah, like that, so. <laughs> which is good. There's only a few of those out there, but they exactly. are, but they, they they are they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to go through some of these. I'm not going to read all of them. Um, yeah. So don't make presumptions. So this kind of goes in um, in with why you need to kind of why you should explain it because don't make don't presume that they're going to understand um, what you're trying to convey with the mm-hmm. mood board. You know, sometimes you will have to kind of walk them through your thought choices and why you think this is the best way to go based on discovery, hopefully, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, this might be useful to, definitely for you, Mikkel, um, for me too, some to some degree, use the mood boards to brief designers. So it's, you can also use mood boards if you're, you oh, know, yeah. if you're kind of running your own, smaller agency and you've got you're hiring out designers to actually do the creative for you this is a great way to kind of show them what you're thinking for their design it works internally too you know yeah i see what you're saying and yeah we'll we won't sign off on even people starting stuff until the mood board now is agreed upon and we Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you're right it adds to your level of uh of operations which is great yeah yeah, because I'm not I'm not to the point yet where I'm just handing everything off to a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I'll hand like the internal pages over to somebody else, but at yeah. least then I've already designed the homepage. In which case, you know, there's not much need for a mood board. But if I were to get to that point where someone else is doing all the design, then I would at least probably want to give them the mood board that the client signed off on, and mm-hmm. that's a good place for them to start. So, yeah. That's all we, we got it. here. 
I think yeah. we covered it really good. That's I, I I can't stress enough how much it's made a difference in the last few projects we've uh, we've put it into play. It's yeah. and it may I and I it's not even a there it'd be it'd be it'd be even okay if it was something that was a burden for for you to do, but it helped in the long run. It's not a burden. It's like the easiest thing to do. You know? Yeah. It's so it's why definitely not try the easiest it? task, and it just it it gets you to where when you're presenting your first comp, it's going to be so much closer. Oh yes. It may not it may not get sign off right off the bat, but it's going to be that much closer to getting that sign off. Exactly. Just by taking you know, taking an hour to make a mood board. So mm-hmm. if yeah. you're not doing it, do it. We like them. All right, cool. So um, on to the listener question. We got a, hey. we got an interesting one this time. It's cut. It might sound a little uh, like we've answered it before, but I think there's mm-hmm. a little more, more to it. So uh, Mikkel, do you want to, this one comes from Amy Lawson, so I think you're the most. You're going to sound the most like an Amy to What's me. Up, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> she writes, "Hello, Deep End Crew. I'm so happy that I found you. She's very kind in the beginning of this. I'm wanting some advice on how to break into the agency world as a print designer. I've been an in-house designer for the past ten years, five of which I've been senior. My experience is in retail design, and I've worked for both small and large companies. But I'm tired of in-house scene and need a chance." change of pace. I know that in order for me to grow as a designer and to get more creative work, I need agency experience. It's a challenge because jobs that I apply for want people with previous agency experience. Any yeah. ideas on how I can position myself from an in-house designer to someone who can rock the agency world? <laughs> right. Nice. So the, the part that I, that I find kind of the most interesting and kind of maybe the most challenging is um, she says she's a print designer. What do you guys, and I haven't gone after any kind of agency position in a long time. Yeah. What is it like these days when you're positioning yourself as a purely print designer going into an agency? Are they? Well, now a lot of it is, um, a lot of it is in way of, you know, continued documental design where you're still preparing like you would for brochures and booklets and pamphlets and sort, but it's for digital distribution. So you, it's, it's great to have that yeah. pre-press and or production mm-hmm. experience under the belt, but mm-hmm. it's mainly working in web ready mode. So, um, you know, as much as it's, it, and, and in that respect, InDesign specifically has shifted their tools so that you can export out for a number of different interactive means, um, which is smart because they're obviously tracking where the industry is, he- where the print industry is heading. However, I still, and it of course is dependent on the, t- on the company and the organization. I have so many requests for t- tangible physical pieces that want to be picked up. So, yeah. um, and, and that is trade, tons of trade show, um, artwork. Cause you can't replace that. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of large scale media. So, um, I I count trade show material in there as well as billboards, of course. And a lot of them want, um, f- you know, flyers, you know, the, um, leave behinds and those formats, are all all over the gamut. They're they run as small as um, little mini cards, smaller than a business card, to letter size sheets that run double sided, of course. Um, and then I'm still I'm still doing a ton of brochures that mm-hmm. are that are booklets and saddle stitched. So I I I think it's still, still out viable. there. Yeah. 
Um, and cat catalog designers are absolutely a demand. So I, uh, yeah, I think for I just, a little while there, especially early on dot-com time, everybody was questioning it. Now it's been determined that people still want to pick shit up. So yeah. Oh, yeah. it's made a little bit of a um, bounce back for sure. Okay. And I, I wasn't my I wasn't going to the point where like, oh, Prince dead or anything like that. I know it's not, but I yeah. just would think that because um, I remember when I was on the job hunt and it would be like people would have just the most kind of obnoxious um, job requirements. Like they would they would want you to be a whiz at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was just kind of, and that's the climate. The, the climate now is like, yeah, you have to have everything and years of experience for it. You know, yeah. um, if if her issue seems like she's her challenge has been that they want to see previous agency experience and she doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. I, what I would suggest she does, challenge, yeah, yeah. What I would suggest she does is turn it around a little bit and and. Change your voice, change your your resume, change the way you present your work because your work's your work. Unless you're going to be at doing a ton of agency work on your own to drop in there, which I don't think she probably is, I would switch it up and change beyond what you're doing in design and enhance the things that maybe you've done at your in-house job that are very agency-like. So, have you run brainstorms? Have you have you been in front of the client presenting? You know, do you run a team? Are you doing the mood boards? Are you you know? Think of what agencies want to hear and see and find yes. a way to spin your experience and make it sound more agency-like. Because if I've, I worked in-house and I worked agency, and I'll tell you, in the in-house world, the last thing they want to do is hire a freelancer. So you probably have worn a lot of hats under that yeah, one roof. Right, so right. expand on that and talk about what you have done as a leader. What have you done as a team person? And and uh, you know, conducting meetings and, and client relations and all that kind of stuff that will make you sound, I think, more agency like. Mm-hmm. You know, and because it's buzzwords, also, it is. Yeah, and also talk up how you had such late hours at your last job because I. <laughs> yeah, that's like the biggest change I think from agencies to in house is just the the obnoxious hours, right? Oh God, no one's doing a, a nine to five anymore. No yeah. one. Every, maybe, even if you're lying, just say, yeah, we, we, they, we mm-hmm. stay at work till midnight most nights. Yeah. Show your <laughs> And craft, you know, we did, I just did this really cool seminar that was all about people looking to either change their careers or break into a new, um, a new avenue. And the one thing uh, most of the panel was talking about was really crafting your response to any individual opportunity uh, for that opportunity itself. So if it means tweaking the resume and the cover letter for that place, do it tweaking your portfolio for that, do it. And that's the beauty of it. It's all digital. So all you do is start saving different um, uh, uh, options of your resume and your, and your portfolio and everything. And you build it particularly for that, that person and that who's going to, yeah. who's going to read it. And if it's an agency, make it agency like down to your, your branding and your own personal branding, you know? Exactly. And you might enlist the help of a friend of the show. We've had her on Kristen Fisher. S with an S C H R E R. Um, I think she, one of her major things she does is a resume punch up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe contact her and have her good, good point. Give it a pass and pay throw throw some money her way to to make you sparkle. Yeah, it's her tagline, so, I believe. Right, I make you sparkle. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> and my apologies, Kristen. Yeah, I'm sorry. We do anymore, but <laughs> blame it on me. 
<laughs> yeah. But um, all right, cool. Well, uh, thanks for the question, Amy. And please keep sending the listener questions to questions at the deep Uh We especially love the audio questions. We have not gotten one of those in a while. So do it. Do it. Just send, please. Do it. Send it in. Um, <laughs> do it. <laughs> and you can also ask a really short question via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. All right. So uh, follow the show on Instagram at it's the, Deeply it's Graphic. Deeply, deeply Graphic. All right. I was yeah. that one. Um, so follow the show there. Where can people find you guys online? Mikkel? I can be found at MKM Design on Facebook and MKMDesignCo.com. Nicholas? Uh, LongoDesigns.com, LongoDesigns Instagram, LongoDesigns Inc. on Twitter. All right. So, yeah, follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell or uh, follow The Deep End on LinkedIn. We're looking for, you know, expand our network on that. So, um, all right. With that in mind, keep designing and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. (laughs) 